Hey, Gareth. Yeah? Have you ever heard of Jacob's Ladder? Yes. All right. How about you, Miles? Have you ever heard of Jacob's Ladder? Why doesn't he just take the stairs? I don't know. Hello, people of the internet. I'm Cam. I'm Miles. And we're joined again by... Aloha. Me amo Gareth. Yep, that's right. We've got Gareth back with us for another spooky edition here at Have You Ever Heard Of? Or maybe have a different name. Might be in the future. Who knows? I have heard of. <laughs> the very blatant spin-off show that I'm going to use and steal your intellectual property. <laughs> in a I can't believe it's not heard of. <laughs> in the near distant future, where we may have changed our name, but we have not at the time of this recording. Cool, that, that was good. That was good. <laughs> oh, no. I, I like this. We're keeping this. Anyways, we just finished watching Jacob's Ladder. Um... For uh, those who maybe haven't heard of this, Jacob's Ladder is a psychological horror film that came out in 1990. Uh, it was directed by Adrian Lin, and we follow Jacob Singer, played by Tim Robbins, a Vietnam veteran that finds himself haunted by visions and hallucinations. But what if they're real? That is the question. So, what'd you guys think? Senor. Well, personally, I liked this movie. I mm -hmm. liked it a lot. Uh, not going to lie, I was poking fun at it throughout the entire time, but that's kind of what I do with a lot of movies that I watch. Some people might but, call uh, that a coping mechanism. I mean, it is a might. scary movie, right? Right? It's a thriller. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a horror. Um, it's definitely a psych psychological movie, and I mm -hmm. love that about it. But uh, I don't know if I would call this a horror movie because the definition of horror movie has kind of been changing recently mm. and it's been getting a lot farther from what horror movies used to be and this is definitely more of the uh original style of horror more in that alfred hitchcock type land right absolutely yeah what did you think gareth i thought it was a really good movie um for me, it was scary in the way that all things from the 80s to 90s were scary before everything was CGI because... Lack things, of internet. Well, things just <laughs> look grosser when they're practical effects. I don't know why. Like, something about the physicality of it, um, it just makes it look more real. Even if some of the uh, props were a little wonky looking at times, it just looks better than a lot of CGI. And it's aged well. This movie has aged quite well, I think. You know, sort of like what we thought when we were watching Dead and Breakfast, right? Same same idea. Practical so, effects so, reign supreme in the horror industry. Definitely. So one, one thing I do want to talk about when it comes to special effects, uh, I've noticed this in a lot of video games as well. Lighting is key. If you yes, have good lighting, absolutely. it totally changes how a game can feel and how, uh, how much of it shows its age. Um, one of my favorite games that I play is called Stalker, mm. and it was one of the first games to come out with two different sets of lighting, uh, soft lighting and hard lighting, and that would actually release a certain kind of detail, and they'd actually overlap them sometimes too, which is really interesting. But uh, playing that game when it's bright in the game, it looks very dated, but when it's not bright and it's dark out, 
that's when it changes and that's when you get a beautiful atmosphere. Mm-hmm. There's something that we'll get into when we get into the spoiler arena. Um, but is, before we get there... Is Stalker that Russian game? Yes. Were you playing in the snow? What? No. Uh, no. no. Okay. <laughs> it's not Russian. It's Ukrainian. Oh, it's I Russian, I was playing. Is it? I thought it was made by a Ukrainian developer. Um, no. Oh. Oh. Kind, it's based in Ukraine, but it's actually a Russian game. <laughs> oh, okay. like oh, oh no, I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of a different uh, developer and different uh, game series, but in like GSC, the same. I'm pretty sure yep. is Russian because the entire game is in Russian. Right. Well, this is like way off topic. <laughs> okay, well, so uh, maybe all right. we need Jacob's rod to reel, reel us back in. <laughs> so, how many things does Jacob have? Oh, God. Um, I assume just about the same amount as everybody else. I mean, <laughs> Jacob does have, like, a rod and staff, if we're talking about the Jacob that, you know, sired Israel and all of that. Biblical references are a good thing because we're going to see them a whole lot in this movie. But I have another question to ask before we get there. Did you like the movie? Oh, of course. I would, I would, highly would you recommend, recommend it? it? Yeah. I would highly recommend it to friends. I just got sidetracked because <laughs> you were talking about Jacob's rod and siring Israel and... I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> we're taking a turn. Not um, really, yeah. when we think about what happens later in the movie. But anyways, you would recommend I would this? highly recommend this movie. It's it's a good movie. It has withstood the test of time. Like, it's 30 years old, but it is still great. The references don't feel too dated. Um, and it's interesting seeing how many, like, big actors were actually in this movie. Because I went into this movie totally blind. And I was like, oh, hey, I know that guy. Hey, I know that guy. Hey, I recognize that lady. It was, like, quite often during that film. It's like an ensemble film that just didn't know it was an ensemble film. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. All right, what about you, Miles? Oh, absolutely. I love the movie, and I'd recommend it to basically anybody who likes uh, Thriller. But I would recommend one very important thing about this movie. And what's that? Do not watch it on drugs. Yeah, be sober. Be sober for this movie. Yes. Because if you're, even if you're a person who normally does drugs, don't take them because you're still going to kind of feel like you're on them. Yeah, there were several points in that film where I was just, like, pinching myself, like, okay, all right, things are still normal, but they don't feel normal. Sweet. Okay, well, we're going to go away for a little bit to let anyone who maybe is now interested in seeing this movie and hasn't seen it before to give you a chance to go and uh, get caught up before we dive into some spoilers. So uh, we'll see you in a little bit. But drugs aren't sweet. Spoilers! Jacob does take the stairs! And welcome back everyone. We're gonna dive a little bit deeper into Jacob's Ladder. Um, <laughs> in what, Garrett, what did you say <laughs> when we first started watching the film? Oh, well, as soon as we started watching I was like, oh! This looks like it's going to be a dare commercial because the movie starts off. Are we are we deep into spoiler territory? Oh yeah, right now? oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Go ahead, go hog wild. The movie man. St- the movie starts. The guy takes one drug. They take a total of one drug, and everyone starts dying. And I was like, if that's not a good drug awareness campaign, I don't know what is. Dare take one drug and die immediately. I mean, <laughs> you said that like. In the opening seven minutes, and I'm just sitting there, like, keeping my mouth shut, because I'm like, he's right? 
<laughs> but I don't want to say anything to spoil this because we're just getting into a two-hour movie. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. So, the reality about Jacob's Ladder is that, yes, he's seen all these hallucinations and he keeps jumping back and forth to his time in Vietnam and him being now out of Vietnam in New York and all this crazy shit is happening. And the question is, is what's real and what's not? And, of course, the reality is, is that none of what we see in New York is real. Everything that we see in Vietnam is real because he's dying. And um, as uh, his chiropractor talks about where he references Maester Eckhart, who said that he saw demons as well, but sometimes demons are actually angels and they turn into angels when you accept that you are dying and they are there to actually take you to heaven. So they're always there to help you in a way but, you know, if you look at it from a positive perspective, then they're a sign of good things because dying is natural. So I don't remember exactly how it's said between demons and angels and that in the uh, texts of Christianity. But in a lot of uh, cult and demonology, uh, angels were, uh, demons were angels that followed Lucifer. And yeah. Lucifer fell because he loved man. And God said... Like, you love man so much, then you get to deal with the worst of them. And that's why he tortures them. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know, like, that specific part about it, about how, you know, he loved man so much. I mean, well, it does make a little... Man in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. Yeah, yes. I, humankind, right? Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, that does make sense uh, when I think about my Christian upbringing and everything and the whole we are supposed to love unconditionally even when the people that we love have faults or they need to better themselves or whatever. I don't know. This is bringing up weird scars for me because I took an ethics class in my undergrad at the Christian university that I went to, which <sighs> had a whole lot of people outing themselves as bigots to me. <laughs> <laughs> name, name one thing more ethical than having complete power to control the entire universe and letting billions of people go to hell. Mm. Well, well, especially I mean, just because they don't, you know, they're just because they're not heteronormative. This was the big dividing line that I found with a lot of people in this class where I was just kind of like, wow, I don't want to be your friend because, wow, you suck. Well, to be fair, like if you look at uh, some of the other texts in that... Um, one of my favorite ones is uh, the Divine Comedy. Yeah, right, uh, Dante. Dante's Divine Com Comedy, I think it was, was it? Well, yes, that is like the actual yeah. title of it. Everyone so, just refers to it as Inferno. That was the first act, right? Yes. So essentially throughout those books is you have to go through hell first mm -hmm. and then figure out what you've done wrong, learn from that, and then you get to go through heaven and be shown everything that you've done right. And then you get to go to heaven. Right. And live eternally and all that fun stuff. Spoiler alert. The book's been out for like 500 <laughs> years, man. If you haven't been caught up, that's your own problem. What's yeah. next? Snape kills Dumbledore? I... No. The book was killed by its own writer. <laughs> you know, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I mean, literally, she came out and said, Ah, oh, the joke's on you. It is you who is gay. Ah. Uh, well... Uh... The reason we're diving into this whole thread of topics, though, is because Jacob's Ladder does have some very heavy religious over and undertones woven in through the entire film. I mean, Jacob's Ladder is legit a biblical thing, which has to do with, like, the genealogy of Jacob 
who again sired, you know, his 12 sons and therefore gave us the 12 nations that make up Israel. If you're 12 fam- tribes, I should say. Doug or Cameron, if your family tree looks like a ladder, you're going to have issues. <laughs> Forget if it's a broom. <laughs> Forget if it just like connects back in. To be fair though, this happened twice according to the Bible. So, oh no. <laughs> Again, this is not a wrong thing to talk about for this movie, considering they are not subtle. Okay, his son's name is Gabe. Yes, it's The son who takes him to heaven is Gabriel. So, (laughs) can I also mention the fact that it's also really funny that, uh, since we're talking about this happened twice, Mm -hmm. uh, there is another part of demonology and all that where uh, there's a character named Lilith. I don't know if you know about Lilith. Uh, familiar. Yeah, so Lilith the was name. the first was the first woman created alongside Adam. But she would not submit to Adam, therefore God kind of just pushed her to the side and then took the rib from Adam and created Eve. Uh, so that she would be subservient to man because she was made from man. Exactly. Or at least that's, depending on what denomination you're in, that is how you're taught. Hey, fellas. Is it gay if you have sex with your own rib? No, because then uh, no. that would be wrong. It's just <laughs> masturbation. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I don't know if that's necessarily gay. I, I don't think so. Like, would it be gay if you made a clone of yourself and had sex with yourself? No, it's just masturbation. It's a question that Doug should know with his ethics class. <laughs> Yeah, that stuff didn't get brought up in my ethics class. And <laughs> you I guys feel, weren't asking I, yeah, the right questions. I know, questions. I know, I know. I'm, I'm just thinking that now. I'm just like, man, we missed out. <laughs> See, this is why I wanted to go to college, and this is why they probably wouldn't take me. I'm pretty. Sure I don't know. They probably would. Line too. They'd take didn't, me, and they would hate me. <laughs> didn't Schwarzenegger have a line in one of his films? I don't know if it was True Lies, but you should go clone yourself. And the guy's like, why? So then you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, that was from Sixth Day. <laughs> Sixth Day. Okay, there we go. Because that's the one that's all about cloning. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I did find it kind of funny that, uh, you know, that all of this kind of circles about. And uh, one of the other main characters in this show is Jacob's uh, girlfriend. Jezebel. Jezebel, who is clearly a, uh, a succubi. She's a succubus, yeah. And uh, Lilith apparently is the one who controls all of them, so... Hmm. Interesting. One of the two majors that control all of them, so. It's interesting in that, so I mean, we get to see lots of, I guess, adult things in this film. One of them being we get to see some nudity. Tim Robbins' butt. Yes. In addition to, we get to see his... Tim Robbins crying. (laughs) Is that? You're considering that an adult thing? Of course. Okay. Men don't cry. I mean, yeah, see, seeing Tim Robbins <laughs> Actually, cry gotta... at least 11 times was more unsettling than seeing him naked multiple times. Yeah. A lot like, of naked Tim Robbins. So well, let's, let's, let's kind of unpack that for a little bit. I mean, I was going to go down a different track, but I mean, we're going off to a... Uh, someone hit the, hit the rail car switch ahead of me, so screw it. We're on this, ra- we're on this track now. Don't worry, we'll jar back and forth hard. Oh, I'm sure we will. I have no doubt about that. Um, so, I mean, 
was it unsettling that he cried openly many times or was it more just kind of like it's nice to see to have a film where the lead the leading man is open about his emotions and is letting it out as much as he is that's a very generous interpretation uh, for, for for me at first i was like oh tim robbins is crying but then it happened so frequently that it became comical because mm-hmm. um, like I get I get crying when things are bad, and obviously mm-hmm. this movie a lot of bad things are happening. Because the first time we see him crying is when he sees the picture of his dead son. To be fair, we only think that we see a lot of bad things happening. They didn't actually happen. That's true. <laughs> Again, kids, don't do drugs, or you'll hallucinate an entire lifetime and cry a lot. Well, maybe that's happening now with us. Oh God. <laughs> Okay, so I mean... I need to cry more. <laughs> so, well, I mean, so it became comical. So it wasn't unsettling, like, in that kind of, like, why does he keep crying? What's wrong with him sort of thing? It was like, oh, my God, I can't... Here we go. Take another shot. It was that kind of instead. We, we well, I, I don't know. Yeah, we, we did make that joke while we were watching it that we made this a drinking game. We'd all be really messed up by the end of the movie. I mean, to be Take fair... Take a shot every there time were, Tim Robbins cries. To be fair, there were moments where it just kind of happened where it was like... I feel that maybe, yes, it was appropriate for the character that he's established, but yes, by the end of it, it's just kind of like, oh, there he goes again. Oh, here he goes crying again. Reminded me of a song called Here We Go Again. Well, I was thinking of something else, but yeah, okay. I don't know. Did you find anything unsettling about it? What did you think about the the emotional release, Miles? Um... I thought he did cry a lot, which is kind of a weird thing when you take a look at the time of yeah, the movie. Yeah, right. Because uh, I try to watch it and try to keep in mind that uh, the time, yeah, like, this is when like, it's recorded and what it's portraying, its timeline. Yeah, so I mean, uh, like, this be, is 1990 based in, like, the mid-70s. Yeah, so men were not supposed to cry then. So I could see it being very unsettling to see a guy continuously cry um, back then. At first, it would be like, oh, look at this pansy, and then you see it again and again and again, and it would eventually wear you down. I could see how that would happen. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, he was going through a lot. He's literally going through hell. Yep, like, how yep. else are you going to put it? <laughs> All things considered, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would definitely agree with that. Um, kind of on the track of it being unsettling. So, before we got into spoiler territory. We were talking about, you know, this reminding you of like certain video games and whatnot. So this movie is basically the reason why Silent Hill exists. I mean, just <clears throat> press the button and away we go. So um, what was I saying? All right, I was talking about video games. Uh, so basically because of this movie, Silent Hill exists. Yes, it's clearly shown, especially when uh, they're doing the stretcher scene, and he's strapped down to the stretcher. Oh and yeah, he's being pushed in the hospital. The hospital. Yeah, and it goes from like a regular hospital to a like a weird, dingy place where there's a lot of chain and rust, and all then the, there's people the like people crawling are, around yeah. all over this stuff, and like on the ceiling, ceiling, and there's the one guy bashing his head against the wall. Mm-hmm. That was very Silent Hill, and it was clearly shown there. Um, Especially because you go into this world and then you get pulled back out mm-hmm. over and over. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, 
that definitely goes to show, like, how, in a way, strong of a film this is, right? I mean, it's one thing to make something as kind of like a riff on, like, a bad movie or something like that, which we see happen fairly often, but it's another thing to just, like, take something and craft, like... I don't necessarily know how to describe it. Just, like, have this nice homage to it that lasts several years and several games. Because basically, like, the original four Silent Hill games are all, like, they all have huge references to Jacob's Ladder. They all have a train station. Yes. uh... They all have you almost getting hit by a train. I would say the exact opposite of this is one of my favorite songs that I like very ironically called Mr. Blue Sky. Why is that? Because uh, it's a very happy-go-lucky sort of poppy, like, 70s song. And it's talking about how the sun is out and everything's shiny and everything's good and happy, but in reality, it's not. It's the way I see it. <laughs> oh, so it's kind of like how... Um... What is that? Uh, the Louis Armstrong song, What a Wonderful World, is now like always set against like montages of all, you know, a whole bunch of atrocities that happen in the world. That one there in like that silent, cri- or this is Christmas song? This is. Uh, which so Christmas? this is Christmas. Oh, right. That Wait, one. they made that one a sad song too? That oh, absolutely. Was, but that one was always a sad song. That what? one was. Was it? I didn't yeah. think it was. Well. Um, if I recall, maybe for us, but so you know that that the subtitle for this is Christmas is war is over, right? Yeah, but when they're showing it with pictures of all the disparity in that. Is... Okay, all right. So I guess when John Lennon wrote it, he met, he wrote it as kind of like a um, aspirational song. So it was supposed to be everyone can have a happy Christmas because war is over. And then, of course, the reality is 50 years later. I don't think, I don't know if the song is that old, but it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, and war continues to happen. You heard it here first, folks. This is an anti Christmas podcast. Well, considering the fact that I had floated the idea of having Christmas specials and Miles was just like, not, no, we're not doing that. What? There you go. Think of all the Christmas movies you could watch. Okay, like, I can There's think There's only of... one what we're going to watch, and that's Die Hard. That's not Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Sinbad. Oh, God. We really are on the same wavelength. I, that was the same movie I was thinking of. Jingle All the Way or Die Hard? Jingle All the Way. Yes! Like, like the fact that you were just like, oh, we have all these Hollywood classics, and in my mind I'm like, yeah, like, Jingle All the Way. That's a great classic. We're going to get sidetracked. I love that movie too much. Really? Like... Literally? I watch it at least once a year. Wow, okay. I mean, I feel like maybe... But back to Jacob Ladder starring Tim Robbins and that guy that plays George Costanza. (laughs) Uh, You mean Jason Alexander? Sure. That's not an (laughs) Italian name. Well, there is an Italian-American in there as well, because his chiropractor is played by Danny Aiello. And Um, can I just say, if my chiropractor doesn't deliver that level of service, I might give him a bad Yelp review. (laughs) Because that chiropractor in Jacob's Ladder... Breaks him out of hell prison, like a hell hospital, and fixes his back. Meanwhile, mine gives me a fifteen minute adjustment and says, uh, "and says here, Blue Cross has it." But uh, like he 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 elevates him and everything. Like I don't even I didn't even know that you could do that with those chairs. 
My question is, what? Who's the guy who plays that chiropractor again? Danny Aiello is the name of the well, why actor. Did he, why did he wear so much white? Oh, are we thinking there was some symbolism? Oh, God, <laughs> you fell for that oh. one. <laughs> and now Garris gets it, and I wish we had a camera for this. <laughs> I will say though, I did actually really like the use of. Uh, of lighting in this and how mm-hmm. it shows the darkness and the light and uh, who is the positive influence and when the negative influence is starting to come from and where it's uh, starting to really get to him mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I thought the use of lighting was unbelievable in this movie. Gotta say though, there are some scenes that, um, I mean, we were just watching this effectively like a, a DVD, so it didn't have any warnings or anything like that, but you know how on Okay, maybe you guys don't know, but on Disney Plus, they have, like, lots of interesting, like, viewer discretion advised warnings ahead of a lot of their, like, older films where it's just like, oh, there is, you know, nicotine use and things like that. Or the opinions expressed in here were wrong then and they're wrong now and stuff like that. I have a feeling that this is one of those movies where they would probably now have us uh, have an epilepsy warning. Actually, Bat for Blood has that too. Oh, really? Yeah, they have an epilepsy warning right in this in the beginning. Right when I mean, it starts up right. I mean, again, we do this stuff now, but they sure didn't do it thirty years ago. So, I mean, for anyone who hasn't watched this by now, now that you're like twenty minutes in and we're all spoilers, if you have epilepsy, be aware when watching this because uh lots of flashing oh yeah well and i mean the one scene at the party and twitchy, right and twitchy head movements and stuff oh like that yeah too. that but i i'm just very specifically thinking about the party and i'm like that 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 made me like i had to like kind of turn my head away a little bit for it it was just and i'm like oh this is just like my flashlight that i use <laughs> oh god yeah that flashlight Hey, it's bright. Yes, yes it is, Miles. I have plenty of experience with that. <laughs> um, Freezing. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I walked into that one too. Um, so uh, you had said before, Miles, um, that you're kind of desensitized to a lot of the imagery that is in this. Uh, what about well, what about you, Gareth? Like, did anything in there just kind of like catch you off guard or anything, or just like didn't yeah. really phase you? Well, that scene when he's on the subway and that random sleeping homeless guy suddenly has a little tail poking out. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, okay, didn't expect that. Not that it was haunting, but I was just like, what the fuck? Well, you expected them to show his penis. Well, it it was very similar. Yeah, I guess it is kind of similar. You know, you just you, like you don't normally peek under a strange man's trench coat, but something's going to be dangling out either way. <laughs> Who's to? S- I don't know. I don't think Jacob was necessarily peeking. He just happened to look and look down, and okay, that's not normally what's there. <laughs> it should have been a penis instead, is what Tim Robbins character <laughs> was thinking. Ah, uh, you know, hobo on the- Jacob Singer was like, "I'm expecting a penis," and he gets a tail. That's probably why he cried. <laughs> <laughs> Cry number three. Oh, the homeless guy showed me his tail. And not his penis. <laughs> no, uh, when it comes to me being desensitized, I've grown up watching stuff like this. 
I think I was like six years old when I saw Idle Hands. So, like, this kind of stuff is like pretty normal for you. I, I'm at eight. I watched um, what's that one about the vampires who are all like strippers and they lure people into their like uh, gentlemen's oh, club. Oh, oh, and they starring Selma Hayek. Isn't that Don? Uh, no, not uh. Dusk. Dusk till dawn. Dusk till dawn. Dusk yeah. till dawn. I've seen that at eight. Like I've watched all oh, sorts of really wow. weird okay. movies in that when I was young. I was thinking Queen of the Damned. Okay. Oh, uh, very similar. Yeah, but uh, a little bit different. Isn't Queen of the Damned? Oh no, I'm thinking of the Mars one. Queen of the Damned is the one where they had to figure out like CGI and body doubles and stuff like that because the titular Queen of the Damned actress died halfway through production. Yes, it was a big thing on so the news. Did she I remember. become the queen of the damned? I mean, maybe. But she wasn't able to finish filming the film. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe the people below were like, oh my god, she's so good. <laughs> Hired. She's method acting. She's like Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, it's kind of like what happened with uh, Dr. Parnassus and uh, Heath Ledger dying. Yeah, I was like, talking about that a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah. You didn't? Oh, interesting. Well, no, because I've seen it before, but I was mentioning mm. it to a friend about how, like, yeah, four or five people play, uh, what's his name, Tony or Troy? Uh, the guy that whatever. goes into yeah, Dr. Parnassus' Imaginarium. Yes, yeah. Because um, Christopher Plummer, I believe, is the one who plays Dr. Parnassus. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Chris Plummer. Yep. And then um, we had Heath Ledger and Johnny Depp and Jude Law. Uh, and Colin Firth, I believe. Or was it Colin Farrell? Like no, it's Firth. It's Firth. Because Farrell is the British one, and Firth is the Irish one who was also Bullseye. Okay. No. Yeah. Colin Farrell was Bullseye. We're talking Daredevil, right? That yes. Was Colin Farrell. Was it? Ah, oh, yep. damn it. I'm getting my Farrells and Firths. Too, too many Collins and Farrells. Damn it. Ugh. And... <laughs> oh, I, mean, so, I, apologize, I apologize to both of them if they oh, ever the listen British. to this podcast. Especially considering that I'm pretty sure Firth is like 10 or 15 years older than Colin Farrell. Significantly older, yes. <laughs> to be fair, Cameron, I probably messed up more names than you, so you're safe. <laughs> not I'm even really bad. Not even them. that. You always you're you're sometimes switching around between actor names and character names, and there's me sitting there going, "I know what he's talking about," and so I'm not going to correct him, but I really want to. If oh, you can't. probably should just correct me and then we fix it in post. Well, if we can't even get British names right, what's going to happen when we branch out to more international movies? Well, you see, that's the important thing about Starring this. the Turkish film star Ergüklü Mugluklüklü. That's the important thing. You don't realize this. My first language isn't English. Is it Turkish? No, it's actually... That's what I've been. My first language is memes. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> It's a good callback. <laughs> we actually did talk about this recently, too. That's, that's one of the best parts. So let's carry on talking about the movie. What are we talking about again? Uh, Tales? Well, well, Tales? Yeah, I was just talking about, well, I was talking about like desensitized and just kind of like what you thought about it. The reason why I was curious was because the first time I watched this movie back in like 2010 or something, uh, my cousin told me that I should watch it because he got me into Silent Hill and I really like Silent Hill and he's like oh if you ever want to watch some movies that like influenced it or because you like Silent Hill you should probably check this out he was just like you gotta watch Jacob's Ladder like you gotta because if not for Jacob's Ladder we wouldn't have Silent Hill so there I am at the middle of the night in my dark room alone 
decide, yeah, now is a good time to watch Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> and at the time, when I was only like 19 or 20, I was just like, okay, I don't know if this was a smart choice because I am... Um, well, it might take me a little extra time to fall asleep tonight. And very much, there were a lot of things that were unsettling to me as they were unsettling to Jacob as well. But watching it a second time, and like a third time when we were watching it together, I honestly was just kind of like, wow, yeah, this stuff does not phase me anymore. The internet has ruined me over the past decade. And just to provide a nice visual for all the people listening at home right now, um... The cousin that was described, I view as the most British-looking man on Earth. <laughs> if you were to look at a German propaganda campaign poster about a about the uh, the conniving British, the ever perfidious Englishman, um, <laughs> it would be a picture of uh, I, don't, I forget his last name now. Is it also Graham? Yeah, Do yeah. We use, do we use your full name? Do we use your real name here? I mean, sure. Christopher whatever. something or other. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, yes. I, I would have thought they showed a picture of, like, an elf. You know, he could honestly be semi-mythical. I mean, I don't he, think I've ever seen him eat. I believe he subsists off of oxygen. How can you say that, considering that you have, like, been to dinner with him before? <laughs> Multiple times! In did the he years eat? Like, or did he magic the food off of his plate like the woodland folk do? <laughs> Okay, alright, fine. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you weren't paying attention, then that's on you. Habalazoo, I mean, a makaboo, a bippity boppity boom, and his food's gone. <laughs> I mean, I only say this, of course, because he's my cousin, so I grew up with him, so I had many meals with him, so I definitely know that he eats food. Like To be fair, you people. are technically related to him, so you could just be a half elf. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever seen yeah. him click his heels and jump over a rooftop? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> Um, Does he speak in riddles? Well, depends. <laughs> I think You're not helping have, the case here. I think we may have an end to the world of the Fae. <laughs> Would you rather be into the world of the Fae or kind of more in... Actually, I guess you wouldn't want to go into the world that Jacob goes into because that means you're dying. I was going to say, like, Jacob's Ladder doesn't really have a ton in common with the world of the Fae unless we're, like, being really generous with our definitions because it seems like it draws a lot of its, uh, I guess, mythology and structure from more traditional Christian beliefs. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's an easy well to go to for American audiences, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, although with you bringing up like the Fae and things like that, that's that's not necessarily a wrong way to look at it because, uh, in a lot of cultures, if you like see elves and things like that, that means you're dying because oh, no. they, because they're the ones that, oh, there's a, there's a song and, uh, well, actually it's from a poem, uh, but it's a, um, it's a German poem that's called Erl König, which is the Elf King. And basically the story is a man is taking his, trying to get his sick son home so that he can take care of him. And all the while uh, they're riding through the dark, the boy keeps going, 
father, I see the elf king. He's there with his daughters and things like that. And the dad's like, no, you're not. That's just the wind. No, that was just the branches of the trees and things like that because he knows the kid's dying. And one of the final, and the elf king is also talking to him too. And is just kind of like, come and join me and things like that. Come and dance with my daughters. You'll be so happy. And then the final thing that he says is, I want you to be with me. And if I can't have you like, by willingly, then I'll take you by force, and basically just kills the son. So, does this elf king hold any relation to the character portrayed by David Bowie in Labyrinth as the Goblin King? I mean, this probably has some inspiration from that. Do they both play with balls a lot? Um, not in the poem that I'm referencing, no. Fair enough. Okay. Now, I have a similar <laughs> follow-up question. Wait, in these. That- Oh no! Are you? Oh God! <laughs> in oh, these cultures, God. where viewing elves can be seen as a sign of death, how did Will Ferrell's movie Elf do in the box office? I don't know because I don't necessarily. It's it's hard to really compartmentalize how well Hollywood films do in places like Germany because like they have their own film industry. And, like, you don't make hundreds of millions of dollars, or euros in this case, making films in Europe. Because, like, people don't necessarily go to the cinema. Like, they do, but they also go to the symphony, they go to the opera, they go to uh, the ballet, they go to the theater. Like, they do more than just go to the movie theater, which is basically what we do over here. We just go to the cinema. We yes. have to speak for yourself. I, I do speak for myself, considering <laughs> that I have to drag, you know, the plebs kicking and screaming to come and see me sing opera. Hi, everybody. I'm a pleb here. <laughs> I say that with, like, all the love that I have for you in the world, Miles. I know exactly why I said the, why I phrased it the way I phrased it. I have to drag all these filthy plebs to my shows. By the way, tickets are on sale for December. <laughs> You, I do actually you like can buy them here. <laughs> I do like to hear you saying it's just, you know, I'm swimming in debt. <laughs> so, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. And I I don't know. Maybe that's something I'll go look into. Maybe we'll do one of these movies and come back with answers. If the audience decides to tell us what to do. Well, I mean, I, maybe we'll just have to uh, force you to watch some Christmas movies, Miles. Oh, no. <laughs> Jingle all the way. <laughs> I feel I'm like you. Totally I feel like you're going to enjoy that one. For like, you okay, know, not the. I'm. I'm going to put a stipulation here. If we do that, then we have to watch three Hallmark movies. So that way, you can be tortured just as much as I. Can. Okay, I have watched Hallmark Christmas movies just because I am bored and don't want to change the channel. And yes, they are horrible. I don't know who they're made for. They're not made for me. That way we can at least suffer together. You know, we can always... like. Uh. I can tell you right now, there's no suffering in Jingle All The Way. It's nothing but a non-stop thrill ride from start to finish. I mean, it definitely... Like, you know, your mileage is going to vary. And <laughs> it's <Mileage>. definitely... Nah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is definitely going to depend on, like, your interpretation of what we say about the movie. It is definitely a holiday classic. Fair enough. You know, well, let's get I'll, back I'll on even pay Jacob's the movie ladder. to rent it. 
I'll even pay the money to rent that movie. Wait, wait. Of you, course, we're not... always paying money to rent these movies yep. and watch yep. them. We, yes. we, we, we no, 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 no. Like, 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 it's not, like it's not available for streaming? No. You have to... Oh. It's not on Netflix or Prime, so I have to pay five bucks on Prime to rent it. Dang it! But Dar- anyways, gosh, gosh darn you, Canada! Gosh darn you, Canada! And having not great streaming rights. One of my favorite things about Jacob's Ladder is coming out in 1990. Um, mm-hmm. It was tied into so many cinematic universes before Marvel really started to do it. <laughs> we had the Dare cinematic universe starring all the movies involving drugs, of, of course. which there were many. Of course, um, there was the Seinfeld cinematic universe because George Costanza plays a lawyer. Um, I, I believe that the actor's real name is George Costanza, correct? No, his name is Jason Alexander. Doesn't sound right, it's not Italian. And there's also the fact that this um, film series is also tied into Home Alone, because the film does star Macaulay Culkin. Yep. And I think what actually happened was, since Macaulay Culkin was a bit younger in this film, Home Alone was Macaulay Culkin dealing with the trauma of losing his father to drugs. That actually makes a lot of sense. You're on to something here. We need to explore this more. Why Some, weren't you so why, why weren't you this involved with Dead and Breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> this was a better movie. Ho 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 ho. I'm not gonna argue with that. Shots yet. fired. I'm sorry, this is a better movie. I've watched a lot of bad movies. I still love them. Dino Shark gets a super gator, it's absolute trash, and I will say Jacob's Ladder is better. I'm still gonna watch it. Is that a real movie? Dead serious. Sometimes okay. you need to watch a dinosaur crocodile. Versus a super alligator. I mean, okay, I, I'm just not sure because, like, sometimes I'm not sure that, like, the Megalodon movies exist or Sharknado. Like, people talk about them, but so, I also am just, like, sitting there going, is this a real movie or are you, like, gaslighting me? So Sharknado a, is actually coming out with two sequels, uh, oh Aftershock and Pugslide. Oh, Jesus. Wait, are you serious? No. I okay. can see that being a real thing because <laughs> there were six Sharknados. Then there was the movie... Two-headed shark attack, and then three-headed shark attack, and I think right now we're at six-headed shark attack. See, again, you're just going in. You're going into a. You're just going into a world that I didn't even know existed. And you guys don't want to watch Velocipaster? I want to watch it. I didn't it. say. I didn't. Say I'm not against that, that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say I it's didn't. pretty great. <laughs> Basically, picture. So. If you're going to make a B-movie, and this is my... Okay, now, now we're getting really sidetracked. If you're going to make a B-movie, just take a regular animal and a regular animal and make them both really big. There was Titanoboa versus, like, Super Snake. There was, um... Yeah, there was, like, Mega Croc versus Dino Shark. Just, just take regular animals people already don't like and make them bigger. There was, ooh, Lavalantula. That was a title I saw where... A volcano full of flaming tarantulas explodes. I haven't watched it yet, but that's a legit film that's out there. So just take things that people already don't like and make them bigger. So what you're saying is... I no longer care are, about are you telli- Ladder and okay. I want to see this. Are you telling me that Disney should make a new uh, holiday special for Star Wars then? No! Just bigger. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I mean, come on! It's they are great. They are twenty they minutes already... of wiki of wiki talking, no subtitles. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, was, that was amazing. Yeah, great for the kids that ate lead-based paint. That's who they're catering to. <laughs> who do you think they're catering to? And then they hey, I didn't need market power. I didn't need lead-based paint, and that was actually one of my favorite parts of that. Oh, not the whip whip stir, whip whip stir. Whip, okay, whip, that stir. also whip, was whip, stir. that also was good. <laughs> There were there were a lot of good moments in the holiday special. For as like bad as it is, 
And I mean, it's it's definitely not good. Like 10, 15 minutes of how to assemble your computer thing. Oh my god! That's I mean, amazing. there's I mean, there's the Boba Fett animated bit. There's B. Arthur singing and dismissing everyone from the cantina. Um, Jacob's Ladder brought to you in part by George Lucas. <laughs> Look, I mean, we've gotten so far off this. I don't even really know if we can find our way back. Where's Ma- okay, where's Maca- go up a ladder? Yeah, well, <laughs> we're well, back. I was, well, was going to say, you know, we don't have a chiropractor here to, you know, be our angel to lead us back to the right path. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure none of us here. Well, in that are... case, we just need a devil. Okay, who here is going to be the devil? Okay, I'll do it. I was going to say this is now four days after Halloween, so somebody has a leftover costume for us. <laughs> well, who says we need costumes? Yeah, they can't see the costume. Yeah. Like you <laughs> overall, <laughs> I'm gonna say for Jacob's Ladder, this is definitely a must-watch if you like psychological thrillers. I'm gonna give this one You know what? I'll give it an eight out of ten. Alright. What about you, Miles? I'm actually right up there with eight out of ten. I thought it was an amazing movie. I'd recommend it to anybody who wants something a little creepy. But uh I, I would also, though, recommend, like you said, warning about epilepsy before mm-hmm. that. There's a, quite a few parts uh, where that could definitely get some people. Yeah. Maybe we should have put that at the beginning of the review, but oh well. Maybe we'll do it, fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll and fix you, it in post. What are you thinking about this movie? Oh, absolutely. Like Must watch? Eight. Oh, yeah. like I'd say this is like a 9 out of 10 for me. Like... This is probably, when I think back to when we were reviewing Dead and Breakfast, and I was kind of like, Dead and Breakfast is not a great movie. This would probably be what I should have compared it to, as opposed to like comparing it to Citizen Kane. Because that's just, <laughs> in retrospect, really silly. Because, again, sort of like Casablanca versus Secretariat, they're different movies and yes. in completely different worlds <laughs> of film as well. Um, I don't know. Jacob Slatter is pretty involved. Yes, yes, it is. You're right. All of these, all of these worlds link together, and we just never knew it. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because like he, Jacob's Web. Because he just keeps going between worlds, we have right? A Charlotte's Web crossover. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. It looks like we're. <laughs> Well, I mean, Go get me a beautiful pig. There must have been a spider at least once in that movie. Oh, I'm sure there was, and I'm sure he was caught in. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, the military's web. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sadness. <laughs> yeah. Sadness due to all of the soldiers that were tested on without consent. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Whoa. Well, now we're getting back into the heavy stuff. I don't know. I think spooky we need... war drugs. Not even once. Yeah, right. I feel like maybe now is a good time to try to like get out of here before we get into that depressing uh, thing that you wanted to avoid, right, Gareth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes, Jacob's Ladder. Watch it. Just watch it. And this is the end of this. So. Yep. Thanks again for joining us, Gareth. I'll be back. Yeah, probably. We like having you. Perhaps around. we will confine you. What? <laughs> <laughs>